0: I think we need product folks to be, you know, completely geeked out in a good way about what our product is. But we also need to have, uh, you know, team members that are balancing all these other plates from sales, marketing, product, engineering, fundraising, finance, HR, etc. So that's really what, what I do. So as I do
1: welcome to scale your SaaS, the podcast that gives you proven techniques and formulas for boosting your revenue and achieving your dream exit brought to you by a guy who's done just that multiple times here is your host matt wallach and welcome to the show very very awesome to have you here thank you very much for joining us thanks for watching if you're watching on youtube thanks for listening if you're on the podcast this is going to be a fun episode. I am really excited to chat with Joe Keeley. Joe, how you doing? Great, thanks. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Let me make sure everybody knows who you are, Joe. So, Joe, he is the co-founder and CEO of Justify, and Justify exists, exists to accelerate the potential of vertical SaaS platforms by bringing optimized embedded payments and beyond payments fintech solutions to bear, resulting. An in increased value for the platform of three to five times with remarkably lower cost of ownership it's really cool what these guys are doing over at justify prior to that Joe founded and grew college nannies sitters and tutors also known as CNST it's the nation's largest in-home child care and tutoring company he led CNST to over 200 franchises in the USA and the United Kingdom a milestone less than five percent of franchisors achieve and over 13,000 employees that's quite the story I I'm sure, and I can tell you my kids are a little bit older now, but we definitely could have used you back in the day. But Joe, thanks so much for coming on the show.
0: My pleasure, my pleasure. Thanks for having me.
1: For sure. So tell me, what have you been up to lately, and what's coming up for you?
0: Well, um, you know, I'm uh, we're we're trying to make fintech possible over at Justify, um, which is, of course, uh, it's interesting. There's You talked about every time I hear the uh, stark contrast, I don't know if some of the listeners uh, feel the same way. But, you know, running a global childcare company made me uniquely uh, unqualified to uh, solve some fintech problems uh, in software um, on one hand. On the other hand, it's remarkably similar because we're talking about, you know, building a a culture, a company. And the good news is I don't have to be the the smartest technical person in the room because I have a lot of a great co-founder and a great team and, and things, but, um, but we've been, uh, we're doing what, uh, you know, one of the famous VCs, Mark and Drason is sort of, he is, uh, quoted r- or, or uh, a number of things. One, he said, you know, software is eating the world. And then he said, you know, every company paraphrase, uh, will soon be a FinTech company. So we're really working on that last part. How can, how can platforms, how can software companies harness the power of embedded finance, those, those software tools, those products for the value uh, given to their customers and to them um, in a more easily digestible way? Because the reality is it, it, it's these terms are thrown around a lot. It's, uh, it, it sounds really great, but how do you actually do it? Because mm. these tools historically have been reserved for the few and with the advance of technology and other things we think that that's maybe not right and we want to enable every software platform where it fits to uh, to have the same opportunity um, to you know grow and, and increase value and as as the next
1: I love that that's one of the things I love about some of the great tools are coming out justifies right in there with all of them some of the you know older days the big players had all the fun they had all the tools and they had all the the access to everything but now there's so much opportunity for some of the smaller and medium sized companies to be able to accelerate and catch and really zoom right past the big ones. so super awesome job that you guys are part of that and making that happen but i definitely want to know you did mention it how did you go from building a platform for tutors and nannies and all that To a fintech company, what was that whole thing like?
0: (laughs) Well, um, you know, it's a it's a bit bumpy, but had a had a 15 year overnight success, as I like to call it, in that (laughs) you know grew a company the old fashioned way. You know, didn't have um, remarkably high or very much any outside professional investment, and just started that company in in, as I was a I was a hockey player in college. I I went to the university too. There you go. Well, everybody got cool. that in common. Um awesome. and I answered an ad in perhaps that's only placed in a couple places in the country, you know. Minnesota is one of them. That's where I went to uni- university and it said looking for a hockey player to watch our two boys. So so I answered the ad and said, well, I need a summer job. And, and it ended up being these two boys, that, uh, their, their big brother, their nanny, if you will. We like to call that a manny. Uh, and um, that was the beginning, that sort of entrepreneurship spark that led to that 15-year journey of, of all of those offices and building a tech platform that, that, that allowed folks to book their trusted babysitter whenever they wanted. And, and that whole full cycle journey was um, very, very impactful, of course, it was, you know, changed our, our family's life, but but also just it, it taught me a lot of skills that are transferable, you know, building teams, building organizations, solving uh, problems, achieving product market fit, all the things that, frankly, are independent of whatever the business that you're actually in is. You know, I think we need product folks to be, you know, completely geeked out in a good way about what our product is but we also need to have uh, you know team members that are that are balancing all these other plates from sales marketing product engineering fundraising finance HR etc so that's really what what I do so as I took a sabbatical I took about a year and a half off after I fully exited college nannies. And um, that sort of intersected with uh, the onset of the pandemic. So things were really quiet, actually. Um, And I I asked myself, you know, what, what am I really, really good at? What gives me energy? What do I, uh, what do I want to do with the sort of second two quarters, God willing, of my, uh, uh, of my game here? And so I had a, I had a unique, Opportunity to have halftime, and a couple things I, uh, I I wrote down on the list as I reflected. One, you know, I wanted to solve a really big problem. I wanted to solve that with technology, because that's really what really got me excited and created the most value. That is our gold rush of our generation, um, and I wanted to ha- experience a different type of entrepreneurship. You know, I did the startup unfunded, grind it out, literally started in a dorm room, you know, used cash flow to fund it, bank debt, put your house up, you know, all that stuff. So this time when we build Justify, I, I partnered with some folks that had solved a very, very real problem, which is how do you take your embedded finance, your fintech aspirations and bring them to life? My partners started a company called Sports Engine. Uh, Sports Engine is a um, youth sports vertical SaaS platform that solves solves uh, problems for you know, registration and just the workflows for a t ball organization, a hockey organization. So many parents are like, oh, I use I've used that. it for my kids. Exactly. Well, Sports Engine is a fintech Trojan horse hiding in plain sight. They make most of their money monetizing payments, insurance lending other financial products so there was some technology and know-how that my partners um, had built and they exited that company and so we got together and i merged what i was looking to do and the problem and know-how that they uh, had and that's how justify came to be so we exist to accelerate the potential, and specifically the fintech potential of other software companies, and and we're having a blast doing it. Um, and and also from an entrepreneurship perspective, this sort of business, like many software companies, like many fintech companies, requires uh, you know very very real capital that that uh, that isn't sitting around under the cushions. So you know we've raised thirteen and a half million dollars to date for some sort of uh, very um, well-known investors. We have a very strong team and you know, dozens and dozens of customers. So we're well on our way, and I'm, I'm enjoying uh, these very similar but different uh, second half of my entrepreneurial journey.
1: I love it. First of all, I've never seen an ad looking for a hockey player to watch some kids, but I guess that they wanted you to kind of share your skills with the boys so that they could grow. Have you kept up with them? Are they doing well? I had. I have. And um,
0: they... You know, they they had a successful, uh, you know, everything was okay. We, we, we got them to their activities and their hockey on time. I kept them fed, relatively safe. I played chef, chauffeur, referee, coach, all of those things. And, nice. you know, the first the first day I showed up, uh, the nine-year-olds, you know, I introduced. I said, hey, you know, I'm Joe. I play hockey at, you know, XY, you know, University of St. Thomas. Uh, and, and he said, oh, that's cool. And he said, I'm going to play hockey at Harvard. I said, oh, heard of it? Uh, I guess we better get to work. So they went on, they had a great high school hockey career, great young men. They both played hockey at Harvard, played a little pro, and now they're off in the business world, uh, doing great things. So it was a transformative ad that I answered.
1: Well, I liked them a little more before I heard that I went to Cornell. Harvard was our rival in hockey. Yes. So, uh, not so not so happy anymore. But no that's good. That's awesome. Good job getting them. I'm sure it was all of your skills that you gave them that, that got yes. in there. So well done. Results may vary. Exactly. <laughs> Let's talk about this. Uh you know, where should founders start when considering adding a fintech layer to their platform? How's that all go?
0: Yeah, you know, I think it's The first thing we need to do, I think, is take a a step back, you know, and and say, like, what is it? What is it? You know, there's so much jargon that's thrown around. And and I think what I've found and what's been a benefit to me, like transferring industries is just uh, straight away saying, okay, let's just so I'll just say for me, let's even if it's not the case. But I think it's really helpful to say, let's explain what we're talking about first, because I think we all have our own imposter syndrome, you know, that's going on, and people talk about, oh, you gotta, you gotta be a fintech company. Like, well, what does that actually mean? And then how it, you best to do it. So I think if we step mm-hmm. back and say, you know, financial technology or or embedded financial products and services, we're talking about any sort of product that you could put into your software that your customers could use, and hopefully, um, you can participate in the unit economics of that so the first thing you need to do is to understand what products or services might your customers on your saas platform uh, benefit from having in app so in sports engines example you know payments are the sort of you know uh, obvious one you know and in many cases it's sort of a table stakes if you're going to have a software platform being able to have your customers collect money is there but there's a massive difference between having payments and monetizing payments and monetizing in it in, in an optimized fashion so that's sort of mm. first off and then there's other things like embedded insurance lending card issuing etc so just like your earlier comment that some of the you know Great technology. If we go way back, when was reserved to only the Fortune 500 companies that could afford a supercomputer. Today, um, there's so many things that are fingertips, and I think there's this burden of abundance that exists out there. Because what is the actual way, best way to go about this, and the best way? Because you can get some pretty dated advice, you know. You know, you, if you have sure. some really seasoned, experienced investors that said, you know, you're a great platform, you need to monetize payments, you need to be a, a, a payfac or a payment facilitator. Um, you do not need to be a payment facilitator. There's only 250 payment facilitators in the United States of America. We are one of them, but the cost associated to do that is, is it's just not, it has increased with compliance. So, you know, there, that's why there's payfacs as a service and things like that. Mm -hmm. So the first thing that a software platform needs to do to unlock and sports engine learned this over decades of roaming through the desert, switching processors and, and going through a lot of pain. And that's essentially what, what we're going to market with, with our infrastructure platform is you need to own your customer data. You know, and we, we like to throw that around, like, oh, data is the new oil. And you have to, uh, but why you need to own your customer onboarding data. in in a tokenized way so that you can quickly and easily launch and swap between fintech providers. Mm -hmm. So we help customers get control, platforms get control of their customer data, and then deliberately launch in a non-disruptive fashion, new products and services. Because you need to think about this as a fintech journey. What product today might be perfect, may not work for you five years from now. And if you have to go through ripping out infrastructure and swapping things out, that's why many, many platforms have very high FinTech aspirations, but yet very low activation. Mm -hmm. It's because they're busy. They're busy building their own software platform, getting customers, you know, Mm keeping them happy, and that's what they should be doing. So the first thing is to really have a plan, have it at a high level that makes make sure that one has flexibility and optionality, because the tools that are out there today, if executed properly, can really help you accelerate that potential. It's It's similar like, you know, you don't need to have a a closet full of servers to you know host your data anymore like that would be ridiculous. <laughs> but there was a time where that was the only way to do it before mm-hmm. AWS and Azure and, and other things. So um, th- that's that's our view of the world anyhow.
1: I love it. Uh, I want to ask you. You said you've taken on money. Did, was that a tough decision to bring in money, or were you always planning on doing that to help you accelerate? How, how did that go? I know a yeah, lot of our this, reason I asked Joe a lot of our, our our listeners are bootstrapped and they're considering hey should we take on money should we not how did it go for you yeah
0: well in this instance it was it was by design from the very beginning so the um, some of the founders and the core engineering team of sports engine um, we came together and we were incubated inside of a vert, uh, a venture capital firm called rally ventures so um, we were sort of a, a mature, seasoned team that was brought together. We had initial seed funding, went out for a round. So and and when you this is a very, very big aspiration to orchestrate embedded finance for software platforms, and and the bar super high. You know, when I always talk about when you're talking when you're dealing with OPM or other people's money. You know, there isn't mistakes that can be made with that. So. We knew that we needed a very top-rate team. We needed, uh, you know, to build out the technology that we had used for the last ten years, um, or at least the know-how. Um, so there's just certain businesses that you can't get off the ground without that sort of capital. You know, others, as like my prior company, you can. Um, but uh, and so that was very attractive to me because. Um, that was a different path um and win lose or draw i'll have two very different entrepreneurial experiences that i'll be able to uh to talk about at some point in the future in, in I love a compare it. and contrast manner
1: yeah i love it what a wealth of experience you've got behind you. that's fantastic so tell me about you know this company you got it kicked off you're growing it what were some of the best moves you guys made in the early days to to help it get going and get accelerating
0: yeah, I mean, you hear this over and over and again, and, and certainly, um, capital helps this. But you know, getting that core experienced team right. You know, we have some. Uh, we had it was interesting because our founding team, and, and there's some really really uh, tremendous value of having uh, young, new, fresh eyes on things. Um, I, I'm no longer young, new, uh, and I don't have <laughs> fresh eyes at 42. Um, but we brought together a very, very seasoned team of folks that have had, you know, we have multiple exits to public companies under our belt. We have senior engineers that have built the things we're building before. So that, that was by, by, and we have, you know, top rate investors that have great connections. So, but, you know, we like to, you know. Accelerate potential of software platforms, but we had great potential in that too. So with that comes, you know, great expectations. So there, none of this is for free. So, um, you know, we have to execute. So I'm keenly aware of that.
1: For sure. Yeah, it's a, it's definitely a good focus for you. Then, so let's flip it the other way. What were some of the mistakes you guys made that were like, ooh, I wish we could have done that differently or avoided that?
0: Yeah, you know, so it's really interesting particularly so one of the things that our our core infrastructure platform really addresses the data layer the strategy the orchestration of making fintech possible but one of our uh and then we either partner with those uh offerings like insurance and lending or we have solutions that we built and own ourselves. So payments is one of those. Most folks are on Stripe or something. They can continue to be on Stripe and use our infrastructure, or they can move over to Justify's payment solution. We think that's. Uh, we're not trying to outstripe Stripe, but we've built this specifically for platforms. And in our experience in that, and we thought that you know, simply saving money and and, and that people would be as excited about that. And it's interesting. Many are, but there is so much scar tissue that has been built up uh, over changing infrastructure and, you know, particularly in payments, that even if you put, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars of savings in front of someone, or in some cases, millions for larger platforms, you know, it, it, it... they don't always even say yes. So I think a mistake we made is just assuming that um, that you know decision is in a vacuum. And we know it's not. We know that everyone has roadmap, everything is busy. But I think what it actually has done now is reaffirm that the aspiration is high on becoming a FinTech company or at least harnessing more appropriately the value of it. But mm-hmm. actually doing it is can be really debilitating. It's it's complicated. It's expensive, and every capital dollar, no matter if it's invested capital or internally generated cash or a loan on your home, you know, software company CEOs, you know, like all CEOs, we don't have all the answers, Mm -mm. and sometimes you know, making the fear of making the wrong decision and the consequences associated with that um, is just too big. So that is actually, it's reaffirmed what we're trying to um, to do, which is make this accessible to break down some of the barriers. I mean, we chose the, the deliberately the company name Justify because we think there's some things that aren't right out there. We want to cause some alarm. We think that the notion of, you know, what, what, platforms are being charged for payments is not right. That's not actually what the cost of a payment should be. We don't think that if someone's processing $100 million and it's one rate that when they get to a billion, it should be a lot less. Shouldn't it just be what it costs?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So these are some of the things that, that have reaffirmed. But but nevertheless, you know, we all make mistakes each and every day. I just reserve the right to try to be smarter tomorrow than I am today.
1: I love it. Yeah, we got to continue to learn from them. And that's some of the best parts about going through these experiences. And like you said, you have a wealth of experience, so they're completely different with your last two gigs. And it's uh, it's amazing what we can apply to learn from. So, you know, as we wrap up, what would you say to other software founders who are kind of just getting started and really looking for those those methods for getting going?
0: Yeah, I mean. We'd be happy to talk to anybody and give our, our experience, you know, regardless if a commercial relationship, but it uh, happens because we just love talking to other software companies and what are you building and how do you do it. I would say that, um, you know, there's there's two times, to, good times to plant a tree, as the you know fable says. One is ten years ago, and the other one is today. So the the notion that well once I get to blank then It'll be the right time to better monetize payments or launch insurance. But what ends up happening is that as you kick the can down the road, the hill to climb just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. So Mm -hmm. my advice would be, you know, these tools are available today. Just like, you know, spinning up servers is a lot easier today than it was one year ago, five years ago, and certainly 10 years ago. Um, I think one would be surprised that it's not quite the uh, mountain to climb that it once was. So to consider, you know, starting on their journey, because every incremental dollar or basis point that you can generate inside of your platform um, from this strategy is one less that you need to go find somewhere else.
1: Totally agree. That's awesome advice. Absolutely. So, Joe, this has been great. Thanks so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you and Justify?
0: Oh, thanks for asking. Um, we're at justify.ai. So J-U-S-T-I-F-I dot A-I.
1: Very cool. And we'll put that in the show notes as well. So anybody listening, you can go there, click that link. You're good to go. Great, Awesome. Joe, thanks for coming on the show. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, man. Absolutely. And everybody else out there, thank you. Really appreciate you being here. Make sure you're subscribed to the show. That way you won't miss any other awesome leaders coming in and sharing their story like Joe has just done. Hit that subscribe button. You'll be good to go. And I'll see you next time. Take care. Thanks for listening to Scale Your Sass. For more help on finding great leads and closing more deals, go to Mattwallach.com.